Blog Talk Radio. G's on the podcast. What's good, everybody? Happy Easter Sunday to everybody out there. Outside of Boxing Podcast coming to you live, April 1st, 2018. What's going on? How's everybody doing out there? Everybody's got the early church in, got the food coloring and the pancakes. You know, from some of the folks I know, I never did that. But it's a good day today, beautiful outside here in California. Looking like Easter Sunday should look. Um, Got a problem with my mic here. Let's let's switch it up for a second. Excuse me for the the technical difficulties, but uh, nonetheless, it is a happy Easter Sunday to all, as I mentioned. Um, good day today. Woke up, got my church in, God's plan. You know what I mean. Um, and basically just a day where we could all sit back and count our blessings and enjoy the next day, like I mentioned, better than you did on this day. Progression in life, all that good stuff. Um, been a good day, I guess in the sport of boxing, depending on what kind of a fan you are. Whether you are an AJ protector, you're probably very happy today and probably still spewing out the same bullshit that you've been putting out this whole time. AJ protectors are funny out there. I know that they, from what I hear, being a close source, around around the pond, They like to drink and put stuff up their nose. That's probably why they talk all that kind of, that kind of crazy shit. Just my personal opinion uh, from a, a source I have, like I mentioned. And the AJ protectors are out there very loud right now because Anthony Joshua, quote-unquote, made easy work yesterday. But we'll get to that. We'll get to the Canelo Triple G fight possibly being in big jeopardy of not happening with the uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission pushing the date back to where they announce what's good, what's what to the 18th of this month instead of the 10th, which being three weeks out of the Cinco de Mayo date. Doesn't look good. We'll be discussing Alexander Povetkin with his knockout victory, which was, you know, real world star material if you haven't seen it. Um, 
Also, we'll be talking about Deontay Wilder catching bodies or trying to catch a body on his record, and the Europeans being a little soft sensitive about that whole subject. A whole lot going on in boxing, man. But we'll get to the boxing stuff in a second. I want to take it to my man out in Houston, Texas, and see how he's doing today. Hope everything's all good in the hood. Willa, what's good, my man? Happy Easter Sunday. Hmm. Maybe he don't want to talk to me right now. But I don't know. Um, whatever it may be, he might be rolling it up right now or something, something. He might be doing some curls with little 10-pound dumbbells before the show starts to get his pump in, stuff like that. Whenever you're ready to talk, Willis, let me know. But if I can be afforded to tell Yeah, my bad, man. This fucking uh, <laughs> this goddamn blog talk. Hey, be Yo, Easter to everybody. That's what I want to start off first with. Happy Easter to everybody, man. It's a beautiful Sunday out here in Houston, Texas. Um, I've been fighting the toothache all week, so I've been popping, biking in like a uh, like I'm a 18 year old, 19 year old rapper. So I'm feeling loose right now, feeling real good. Uh, but uh. Good, good thing of boxing, man. Uh, looks like we already got some of our some of our old compadres on the line. So it looks like we're gonna be able to talk some some good boxing today, man. Uh, a lot of nonsense happening this weekend. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of people hype. A lot of people scared. A lot of people laughing. A lot of people salivating. A lot of people upset. Uh, a lot of people wondering what the hell's going on with Canelo. So it's a lot of a lot to talk about, man. Uh, we got to see. I'm not upset. Like you said, a a world star. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's talking about you right now. But like we said, we saw a world star knockout from a guy that we call 2.0. But yet people are upset at Canelo. Um, you know, we got a lot to talk about, man. And it looks like we got some of our old homies from the old podcast down out there. So should be a good day at boxing, man. Boxing talk. Like always, I'm excited to talk to my man, RC. Seems like he's, he probably only had about a half a shot last night because he's, he's coherent this morning and he woke up early. So we know he didn't do two. So he probably got maybe a half, a .75 shot in a little, a little small one from Chili's got him a shot in. So glad you're out here. Um, (laughs) Happy Easter to you, man, for sure. Um, happy Easter to everybody. Yes, sir. Yeah, let's talk some boxing, man. Yes, sir, man, most definitely. We got a whole lot to talk about. So the last thing people want to hear about is how much I had a drink, not being no damn half point seven shot, whatever you're talking about. But anyways, man, let's get to it. Because um, I'm excited to hear some of the old compadres out there. Anthony Joshua. The guy that everybody in the arena would wipe his ass if he asked him to. The Femi fans. Whatever that is, I got to find out. I got to ask Nino what that means. Because um, um, it was uh, Andrew Patterson, the Scotsman that uh, from the OTG page that I've had my run-ins with. We had a little chat yesterday about this fight. 
And whatever reason it is, he's calling this guy Femi. I had to find out what that means. Um, but nonetheless, Anthony Joshua, yesterday, like, did the fight happen? Or, or are we still waiting for it to start with those long-ass interests? Goodness gracious. Anthony Joshua, um, the, it was a spectacle yesterday. Um, it almost looked like some WrestleMania-type shit, which is next weekend, by the way. Um, and it just looked like a whole spectacle of it all. I could see why um, Eddie Hearn is, you know, he's very content and comfortable making the money that he's making over there and doing what he's doing. Um, they have a, a, a capacity crowd of around 70,000, something like that. And um, they have a, I mean, it's huge. And the fans are there. You know, they make a lot of money. Um, Anthony Joshua is a god to those people. And, um, man, I can see why they would want Wilder to get out there and uh, have the fight out there um, if they're actually about it, about it. I, I still question that. But nonetheless, Anthony Joshua was supposed to make easy work of Joseph Parker because if you look at Joseph Parker's history, people will say, oh, he really lost to Huey Fury. Or, oh, the hardest puncher he ever was in the ring with was uh, Andy Ruiz. Like, the, the, the comments that people made about Big Samoa Joe, as I call him, was uh, was really disrespectful to the fact that if you were to on the um, if you were to bet on Parker making it twelve rounds, put a hundred dollars down, you would have walked away with sixteen k plus your hundred back. So um, you know, I mentioned a while back when Ruslan Provodnikov got in the ring with Lucas Matisse. Everybody's talking about knockout this round, knockout that round. In boxing, sometimes you have to take a step back, which I did not. You have to take a step back and expect the unexpected. And that's been proven time and time again in this sport, um, especially when it comes to a a fight with a a big magnitude. You know what I mean? Um, And uh, for sure, Anthony Joshua had everything in his pocket. Um, Judges gave it a wide, wide decision. Um, We're talking about 119, 109, 118. Um, Referee, Jacente Corderon, or Conorade, was one of the most terrible referees I've seen since uh, Luis Pavone, the guy who... um, officiated the Adrian Bronner Ashley Theophane fight. Remember that guy when he would break up the, 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 the two fighters and say, okay, guys, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. There was no inside work or any of that because of this official. And, um, you know, Anthony Joshua was calling his own timeouts. I mean, complete home court advantage for Anthony Joshua, not only with the referee, not only with the judges, not only with the 70,000 in attendance, but as I mentioned, they look at him as a god over there. Um, I see the physique in a guy that's in really good shape, (coughs) questionable, Um, but he's not as strong as those muscles would lead you to believe. And we all know in boxing, muscles don't equal power. Otherwise, Tim Bradley would have been knocking everybody out at 147. So, um, 
Anthony Joshua had a big hype behind him yesterday and was expected to get Joseph Parker out of there. But Joseph Parker had a lot of wiggle up top. He had a very awkward style that Anthony Joshua just could not find. Um, and it was a, uh, it was a, a chess match. You know, Joseph Parker, I figured he would have uh, gassed himself out with a lot of the jabs he was using early in the fight, but he was able to continue doing his game plan and implementing it in the way that I, I, I imagine that they had trained up for the entire time in camp. Um, Joseph Parker, he surprised a lot of people by doing what he did yesterday, but at the same time, you have the excuses by the AJ protectors saying, oh, Anthony's still green. He's still a work in progress. Huh. Still a work in progress. Um, nonetheless, his knockout streak comes to an end at 20. The uh, knockout streak that is highest held up is by one that holds the WBC heavyweight title and Deontay Wilder at 32. Um, 12 away, AJ. He's probably not going to reach it. But Afterwards, after the horrendous scorecards, you had Anthony Joshua look very uncomfortable anytime Deontay Wilder's name was mentioned. You can look it, look it up for those of you that have it recorded or anybody that goes to the Sky Sports on YouTube and all that good stuff. Um, just look at his facial reaction when he hears Deontay Wilder. It's a grimace on his face where he continuously tells the – I, I got to find the reporter's name because – or the uh, – the interviewer's name, because that guy, uh, kudos to him, because he was not going to let Anthony Joshua off the hook with just asking one wilder question, asking two wilder questions. He kept throwing, I think, about three or four times. And Anthony Joshua's look on his face was just like, I don't want to hear about Deontay Wilder. Why do I have to address this? And he even did say that, say, why do I have to address this? How many times do I have to address this? Um, You know, but... He's over here saying, I'm all business. We don't play games. But at the same time, when he calls out Deontay Wilder, quote-unquote calls out Deontay Wilder, because that's what you're going to see in some websites, headlining from journalists and all that, calls out Deontay Wilder and says, oh, you know, shout-out to Dillian White. I'm doing it the way Dillian White did. But you all business, right? Okay. I guess he said that he called out Wilder. I mean, I, I, I didn't take it that way. I took it as if. Um, he, he, he was just backed into a corner. Who do you want to fight next if it's up to you? Walder. Dot, 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 dot. Or Fury. <laughs> or Fury. Yep. How it is, people. We never can get what we want exactly at the time. But, you know, the agent protectors out there will say that Eddie Hearn is, um, he capitalizes on maximizing all revenue. So if it's not to be made at this time, it's not to be made at this time, but it will be made in due time. That's what I get when I talk to the AJ protectors of the world. And, um, hey, it is what it is. I'm not surprised. Uh, they defend their guy. All in all, performance-wise, I give Anthony Joshua a C plus. Not impressed at all. He said that he was working behind the jab and offset everything Joseph Parker was doing. Joseph Parker was working off the jab and offsetting what Anthony Joshua wanted to do. The man ain't throwing nothing about maybe six punches in the first round. To Joseph Parker's about mm, close to 40 by my count. Maybe more. But Anthony Joshua still gets the first round. 
even not landing, even not throwing. You know what time it is. If the guy in the Pacific Northwest likes to say the jig is up, and the jig is up on Anthony Joshua. At first, I thought, man, I don't know. Wilder did get cracked by Ortiz, and, you know, if Anthony Joshua lands something like that on him, who knows what's going to happen. I'm a little more convinced now that Deontay Wilder would be the favorite in this fight. But, Willa, I know you've seen the same thing I've seen when you were texting me, you know, how you had the fight going as far as on the scorecards. I felt you. I felt it. But, like I said, the man got the judges in the back, in the back pocket, and I knew what you were sending me was going to be the exact opposite of what the judges had, and that's exactly what it was. I had it 7-5 for Joshua, but, you know, they had it 11-1. <laughs> you know, 11-1-10-2. Ridiculous of it all. What did you think about that fight yesterday, my brother? Oh, man. So, you know, yesterday – Popping like a rock star. You know, I felt like, uh, what's my man's name? Post Malone. Just popping things all day yesterday. So I'm feeling good. I'm uh, hyped for the fight. Thinking I'm going to see something. Fight begins. Your boy Parker comes out. I hear Roy Jones. I'm not really looking at the screen right now. I'm, I'm getting something ready. I'm hearing Roy Jones. Okay, this boy, Roy Jones. So I figure he has something. He's coming out, he's smiling. Then I see the whitest Samoans that I've ever seen in my life. You know, Parker, you could tell that he has some black in him because of how big his nose is, right? Until he has some, some kind of Samoan. But these where he had these guys that came out, they just look like straight Hispanics. I'm sure there are Samoans like that, but these are the first time I've ever seen white Samoans, you know. These were like the Canelo or Samoans. These guys were not – they weren't light-skinned like Parker because Parker still has that – you can still see it in them. But these guys, these are just – I don't know who these guys were. They came out, so that sort of evened out the field. I'm like, I don't know if I'm feeling this, but Parker, he looked he looked very confident coming to the ring. He's smiling. He looked like he's sucking it up. It looks like he was going in there to measure himself, see how good he really was. And, uh, you know, then Joshua came out, and, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Parker didn't come out and stand on the little stage, did he, and salute everybody, correct? He nope. just walked straight through. Right, so yeah, he just walked straight remember through. that, that remember, remember PB, yeah, remember PBC did that when they first started, the guys would come out and do a little dance at the thing. So, you know, PBC was doing that not too long ago, nothing new, but he was getting a little extra. So I'm like, okay, so he comes out. All right, all right, cool, cool. Right. You know, it's a little long. You know, he better knock this guy out. I better do something, give us something. Well, he took so long. And then they do the New Zealand anthem, which has to be the longest national anthem I've ever heard. She came in, she hit the high note. Ah! Bam. Stop for a second, then brung it back like a DJ screw tape. Brought it all the way back. So, you know, it's, it's taking a long time for this, this fight to start. Getting a little antsy, sitting down, ready. Fight starts. Parker's jabbing, doing body work, looking good. You know, I had him winning like the first two. 
think I had Joshua winning the second two. You know, then I had you know the to 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 keep the story short, I had it six six um, as a draw. Um, but it's a shame. But but before they but before they counted the uh, before they rung the last bell on Facebook, I posted before I got kicked out today. I posted that it was going to be twelve zero Joshua. And I was damn near close, man. You know, it, he wasn't going to win. Parker wasn't going to win. So, and he didn't do enough to really win. So I'm not really mad at Joshua getting the dub. It wasn't a robbery. Uh, I'll definitely say it, it wasn't a robbery. There was close. There was close calls and uh, close rounds. And people don't. Not a lot of people. It does uh, definitely judges. Body work does not count in 2018. I said it once. I'll say it again. You know, body work does not count in 2018, and 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 if and if you're not coming forward, you're not winning, right? So if you're going to get a big ass dude, a guy that's way bigger than you, and you don't push him around, it's going to be hard for you to win in 2018 unless you're just watching them. If it's a close fight, they're going to give it to him, even though you might be edging them out just because he's coming forward and he's bigger, um, you know. And with that being said, Parker has to know that. And he didn't do enough. And I believe Parker felt good about himself. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, he went in there. It looked like he was happy with what he accomplished. He admitted that he lost. So he knew he didn't do enough. Uh, so I really, you know, when he says that, you, nobody can say, you know, can be mad at the decision because he, he gave it up. But I don't know. I don't know his demeanor for the whole time, you know, was happy he felt good about himself. Now, I don't know if that he felt good about himself and that's the highest he's going to be, or he felt good about himself because he felt that, oh, this next time I can, whoop, I, I can get him. You know, and that's what he said, and that's what I think. So Parker, he didn't look that bad yesterday. Uh, Joshua uh, looked slow and robotic and, you know, very predictable out there. And I don't want to take away from Parker's skills. I think maybe Parker is just a pretty good damn heavyweight. He's fast in there. He was very smart. You know, he took away those uppercuts. Um, you know, he did a great job in there. It was a, it was an all right fight as far as boxing. These guys were standing. They weren't toe-to-toe, but they weren't really running. And it was, you know, it was an all right fight. Um, Joshua should be ashamed of himself. Um, he told us we were going to get a good fight, and then afterwards he said that, well, it was gonna, uh, I knew it was going to be a boxing match. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of that you could tell that they were just sucking off uh, Joshua more dick riding, and that's getting very um, tasteless in this boxing game. You know, they did an all right job, but, like, you know, Every time Joshua would, would miss a shot, they were like, oh, ooh, ah, it was a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda that fight. And they were, it was like they were riding off the hype of him missing uppercut or him throwing punches after the bell and barely getting them. And, you know, it was very, it was very tasteless. I don't really want to see that shit. Uh, you know, I'm going to start turning these guys off very soon, even from my boy, Polly Malinaji. You know, I guess the bag's getting to him. He, you know, he was doing that. These guys, you know, at the showtime, I might start turning these guys off. But 
it was all right, man. I'm not exactly mad at the fight, uh, but it was it could be a snooze fest to some. It was uh, very lackluster, but it was okay, man. It was all right. You know. No, I hear you, man. Um, I was hyped up. I was hyped for the fight myself, man. I was like, yo, um, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon when it started. Um, no undercard. I was just kind of lounging around um, after a long Friday. And, um, yeah, like, the hype got me built up, the build up for the hype and all this stuff with the Wilder and Joshua and even – when they showed Joseph Parker's highlight reel, <clears throat> just got me up for it. Um, and, you know, it, it didn't exceed expectations, that's for sure, uh, with a guy like Anthony Joshua. Like I, I, like I mentioned on the show uh, last week, I expected him to get him out of there around nine rounds. Um, you know, a Carlos Takam type of, uh, of, a, of a stoppage and all that. So, um, you know, it was what it was, man. But let's take it to our, our, our guys and, um, see how they taking this one because we can't be the only ones who were feeling this type of way. I mean, if someone was impressed with the fight from a technical standpoint, I gotta hear it. So, um, I believe we got Janelle on the line with us right now. Is that who we're going to first, Willis? Well, if it is, then it is. Well, let's take it to my man then. Um, Let's see what's good in the hood out over there and uh, how he's seen this one because I know Janelle is a guy who thinks that Anthony Joshua is going to make easy work of Beyonce Wilder. Wonder if you still believe that. Happy Easter to you, Janelle. Uh, what's going on with you, my man? How you doing? Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for these two warriors, both in their professional debut. Fantastic crap. All three judges scored this about 29-28. Your winner by split decision. From the red corner, Janelle Parkinson. Yep. Janelle Parkinson, my man. What's going down on the east side, brother? How you doing this morning, my guy? Happy Easter to you, as I mentioned. And uh, good day to you. And uh, you're all, my man. What's going on, Janelle? Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua. Hmm. No, unless Block Top's fucking up all our our uh, lines when it's time to go to, when it's time to go to, not to tweet them. No, nah, yeah, that's, yeah, that Janelle, he's not on for some reason. So we got to go to, we got to go to the next guy, man. I got D from the 843. <laughs> Pretty sure he watched the fight. Let's take it to the let's take it to the chat, yeah. man. Uh, D for yeah. eight four three, my main guy. What's going on, my man? How you doing, brother? Yeah, Happy man. How are man? What's good? Thank you. Same same to y'all, man. Uh, yeah, I was hoping I could have heard what uh, Jailbird Janelle had to say, man. First, <laughs> don't look like he, as as Shook would say, he done dropped the damn ball again, man. Get off that high Obama ball, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Listen, I was man. hoping what he had to say. I was hoping what he had to say too, because I know he's uh he's got AJ's back at times. I wouldn't necessarily call him an AJ protector, like guys like Nino, um, who I, I also would. extended out to, to come on the show, but he was kind of you know 
he's kind of yeah. he gave me the runaround. So it is what it is. But yeah, well, what's up, uh, Gene? How'd you, you, did you see the fight yesterday? Were you as hyped as we were and let down like we all were? Yes, I think we all can agree to that, man. Shittiest refereeing that I've seen in a heavyweight fight in a very long time. That referee was paid. I wonder how much, though. I wonder how much they uh, gave him to do what he was doing. You know, uh, he's a sitting duck man. Joshua sitting duck man for Wilder. Everybody can everybody. If you pulling for Joshua in that fight right there, you just a strong Joshua fan, and you know you you don't want to face reality. You know, and reality is he only has one punch. Okay, maybe two punch. Uh, the right hand and the damn uppercut. That's all I got. He don't move, you know. Uh, how he's going to, how Joshua's going to, if he can avoid getting clinched like that right there, which I know he would, uh, easy work, man, inside five or six. Originally, I said ten. I think he'll stop Joshua, man, inside six rounds. You know, and they're going to dodge this fight. Like any, like the worst uh, dodging we've probably ever seen, man. I don't see this fight happening for at least another two years. You know? And my whole thing is how all the greats came over here, if I'm mistaken. Lennox did it. Hatton did it. Frank Bruno did it. Who else? Everybody came over here. Yeah. You know? And Wilder got the most prestigious belt. That WC, uh, WBC is the most prestigious belt, if I'm mistaken. Uh, why not make a name for yourself uh, and come over here and fight? If you, you know, if you and your promoters are so confident, you know? And they're very confident, it seems like, well, from from just the, what they've been saying on a lot of quotes. It seems like this is easy work to them, but they might just be masking all that bullshit for how they really feel about this fight. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and it's hilarious. They banned a man from coming in the ring. What the hell was that about? Everybody that's uh, pulling for Joshua ain't even really, ain't even touching on that whole thing. Why wouldn't? That's telling me they don't want the fight, at least in no time soon anyway. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the way he was frozen, uh, he didn't want it. That the way when they asked Ooh. him, he was sort of froze and he looked very. Uh, oh yeah, you see everybody asking about Wilder. Yeah, everybody seen it. Like, are you that he gave you? He gave that announcer. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, why are you even bringing yeah. this man's name up? That's the look he had. Yeah. 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 That announcer's probably gonna get fired. He probably ain't never gonna interview Anthony Joshua post fight ever again. Oh <laughs> yeah. For that. You know. I feel confident it's going to happen. Uh, Wilder most probably is going to have to go over there, man, to make this fucking fight happen. Uh, which, you know what? I think he can stop him over. If he, even if he go over there, he can still do what he got to do to win and get that KO. Man, if I'm Wilder, if I'm Wilder, I do, I do not go over there. Come on, 11 to 1. Well, uh, Last time I checked, the money the money will be crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, but hey, I don't know. Ten, yeah, you know, they had to fight eleven to one. 
they gave Parker one round. So he, he you know, ridiculous. he don't knock him out. He he should be able. He can't. More than likely, he will knock him out. That's what I was. I, I I'm more than likely going to predict. But if he doesn't, then it's all for nothing. And they won. Unless they got the rematch in the in the clause, maybe you know. But but it doesn't even matter at this point. What I saw last night is that Wilder knocks him out. You know, we were talking about uh, the UK fans and the Joshua guys. They're out here. Uh, they're very upset, especially after last night, because if you're a supporter or not, if you're a fan of boxing or you just watch boxing and you <laughs> you saw what we all saw last night, we saw Joshua look very – Like Sean said, the yeah, jig Josh, is up for that dude. Yeah, we, we saw a guy – that when he went against some guy with a little bit of speed, a little bit of movement, he really couldn't do anything with him. And and Wilder isn't short, so he you know when Parker was coming a little bit of uh, a little bit short of his face, Wilder's gonna tag mm-hmm. him. So oh yeah. So but if Wilder's gonna take the fight and he doesn't knock him out and he loses the fight, it doesn't matter to me because at the end of the day. Andre Ward will be back, and it'll be very, it'll be easier for him to be Joshua for the undisputed belt and the uh, undisputed heavyweight champion of the uh, of the world, and to go out as the greatest boxer of all time. So that's you know. I don't know, Willis. Willis, uh, as these months tick off, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if he's coming back. That'd be nice if he do, though. I don't think I don't think he's coming back, man. He, he'll be back. Just cooking on it. I want to say it's over a year straight now. Muscle. That's what science. Is. It takes a while. Two fifteen straight muscle. He's gonna knock yeah. AJ out. But RC, what you was gonna say, yep. man? Um. Well, first thing I I, I could uh, I I thought of after the fight um was when Eddie Hearn was saying, "Don't take wow, that do not see." What what seventy thousand of a crowd sounds like? Um, I think that Anthony Joshua needed a, a easier opponent for Deontay Wilder to see what seventy thousand actually really sounded like because a lot of those seventy thousand AJ protectors yesterday were really quiet during that whole fight. They had no really oohs and ahs, so um, really silent the whole match from from the crowd standpoint and. Um, very little, very little uh, type of oohs and ahs from the crowds to sway the judges as if they needed any. But um, really good effort by Joseph Parker. I think it was like I said. I had a seven-five. Um, you know, he avoided uh, the most dangerous punch that Anthony Joshua obtains, being that uppercut, and he was in the vicinity of it uh, for a big part of the fight. And um, you know, he was uh, he was playing with fire because um, when Joshua was throwing those uppercuts. Um, you could tell uh, why Vladimir Klitschko got, you know, cartoon neck stretched out when that 11th round uppercut happened when it did. Um, but, yeah, Eddie Hearn is a professional liar. So everything that that man says, it doesn't surprise me. Um, he's a con. He probably sells used cars on the side. And um, from from and, and I'm just going off of uh, – off of uh, um, sources that I have that actually work for the media in the UK um, that tell me that this guy is a, a liar that lies straight up in their face. Um, so the credibility that, that Eddie Hearn really has 
um, has always been in question to me because he says everything that is a good PR move to say when it comes to cameras being in his face and uh, questions about a big fight and such and such. But, I mean, if you look back at it, real dudes know. Real dudes know. Anthony Joshua's first strap he got was from a guy who didn't even land a punch on uh, to, to obtain that strap. Um, you know, being a friend of the podcast in Charles Martin. He didn't even throw a punch to win. Your boy. Yeah, he's, he's cool people, man. You know what I mean? He's cool people now that um, uh, he got humbled. He's uh, he's not on that high horse anymore, and he's a cool dude. We keep in contact, talking some some boxing and shit. So uh, did he fight not too long ago? Of... Yeah, he fought. He uh, he had an early knockout. It was um you know okay. he was in there with a with a bus driver, <laughs> just a little pick me up. You know what I mean? Um, I think yeah, he's no, actually got, got something scheduled coming up pretty soon. But um, you know he's climbing up the ladder, so to speak. Uh, we know what time it is when uh, he was in there with top comp, but that don't mean that you can't get no paychecks. Um. But nah, man, AJ protectors won't bring up the fact that that's how Joshua got that strap and which led him to getting these other straps. Um, you know, bottom line is uh, I'd I, I probably seen the fight being a 50-50 fight with him and Deontay Wilder, and it's not, it's not that anymore. But um, uh, as you mentioned, Willow, we got JP on the line. Let's take it to him and see how he's uh, seen this whole fight go down because, I, I mean, me, you – D, so far we're on the same page. We're on the same island together. Um, now, whether that island is a, uh, a small one or not, we'll see how it goes. Um, JP, my man, SoCal correspondent, what's going on, man? Happy Easter to you, my brother. Man, happy Easter to you guys, and uh, happy Resurrection Day. Uh, Willa, how's the weather, man? How's it doing out there? Oh, come on, man. We're out here. It's a little cloudy, man. About seventy, about seventy-eight. You know, you know, blue skies, a few clouds in the uh, in the sky. You know, what I like to call a beautiful Easter afternoon. What about y'all? It's raining out there. Thirty-four. <laughs> of course not. Oh, come man. on. You 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 know what Tony Tony said? Shit, it don't ever rain in Southern California. Yeah, except, you know what he said. When I was there, and I saw the rain. So you know these niggas <laughs> <No>, <laughs> But yeah, though, man, um, I'm gonna just get straight into the into the meat of the thing. Wasn't it? Was it an exhilarating fight? No. Was it exciting? No. Were any significant punches landed? I don't think so. But I'll say this. So now let's bring Wilder on into the equation. Uh, here's the thing about Wilder, and here's what I think people are gonna miss because. With every fight, our opinion changes, and that's fair. We're allowed to do that. That's more information you should change. But here, I think the the thing to me still stands in place what I knew before the fight. We see Deontay, and I didn't know before last night, you've seen those uh, the highlights from the Wilder fight leading into the Joshua fight, and you heard Mark Breland telling Deontay in, in the corner, you know, wait for your moments, you know, kind of – He's telling Deontay to be kind of the ambush fighter he is. And so here's my thing. We've seen uh, fighters like Luis Ortiz, Gerald Washington be able to win rounds against Deontay Wilder until Deontay finally gets the knockout. And we've seen Deontay really have to search for that knockout against Luis, Luis Ortiz. So, 
here's what I do respect about Anthony Joshua. Do, do I think that he's, he's kind of stiff and unorthodox and is not a natural athlete and doesn't have very good fluidity and doesn't bend at his fucking knees at all? Yes, all those things are true about him. Like last night we seen him like doing really awkward looking shit when he would bend over and he would just be leaving himself wide open in certain spots. He just was really uncoordinated looking. Is Deontay the better athlete? Yes. But here's the thing about a guy like Joshua, that size. He's very durable, man. He's like um he's durable and he's he's he has a toughness to him and he and he's a worker. And this is something you kind of don't see with a guy that big. You know, and even in the Klitschko fight, he just worked him down until he got it. But he was working every time. And we've seen Wilder can lose rounds to anybody. So my fear is Anthony Joshua <clears throat> will get on there, outwork him, which is not hard to do. You know, Deontay just looking for that ambush. You know, outwork him, outwork him. Now, Deontay, fuck around and get caught. Now, we see he could get caught, too. You know what I mean? But I, it's a, I think you can pencil it in the – you can pin it in the book that Deontay's going to lose rounds to just about any elite fighter until he gets his knockout. Now, will he get the knockout versus Joshua? We tend to think, uh, yes, that, that's, that's why we're saying uh, we think Deontay will knock him out now. But I just don't think it will be that easy just because Deontay gives up rounds to very mediocre heavyweights, let alone a Anthony Joshua. And then maybe the, uh, uh, Anthony Joshua can take the power. He took Vladimir Klitschko's, and that's saying a lot. That ain't saying a little. So let's not forget all these things, and that's what will happen. You know, it's going to be a workmanlike performance, which Joshua will rack them rounds up, and he's going to get every round close. If the round is close, he's getting it. So Deontay basically has to knock out Anthony Joshua to win the fight. Can he do it? I don't know why everybody acting like it's just guaranteed at this point. I don't think that's guaranteed. Can Joshua hurt Wilder? Hell yeah, he can. Can he likely put Deontay on his ass? Hell yeah, he can. So I don't think it's as clear cut as people want to make it. We kind of prisoners of the moment. That's what I feel about last night's uh, show. It wasn't good. He didn't look great. But when you get in the ring with him, you're going to have to outwork him. And we don't see people outwork him. And that's a that's huge for huge heavyweights. He's he's probably the most has the highest volume for a heavyweight right now. And what's Andre uh, Andre Ward doing? He's cycling right now. He's getting his vitamins in. He's getting his motherfucking spinach right now. That's what he's doing, and that's what they all do. Fall off the map for about a year or two. Get all that juice up in him. He better get his clenbuterol out of his system completely before he come back with traces <laughs> like a friend of ours did. But, uh, yeah, that's what's up, man. Y'all go ahead. Yeah, the, hey, um, the whole lot to, to bottle up in one with all that right there because you are right. Um, our perspective of fighters uh, changes as fights go gradually. And uh, sometimes uh, fights previously, whether it be one or two before the actual fight that we're critiquing on, uh, gets uh, undermined and all that stuff. Um, AJ um, obviously is um, a handful for any heavyweight out there, um, being on his talent alone. Um, but um, he, you could tell his um, IQ is uh, his IQ is um, it's above average for sure. 
Um, he, he knows what he wants to do when he punches. Besides uh, not going to the body at all yesterday because he started to uh, uh, put together a few body punches in the mid-rounds. And they actually got there, and Joseph Parker was a little bit offset uh, going off his back foot the way that he did. But, um, you know, it, it, same goes for Wilder. You don't ever really see Wilder throwing no body punches uh, in itself. So um, it is what it is. But then, um, you know what, uh, let's take it to a call that we got in right now from the 313 and see what they're talking about because, um, I don't know, I'm just hoping for an AJ protector to show up around here. Call us in the 313 Outside his boxing podcast, we're live. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just no problem. How you doing say, today, man? Happy Easter too. No, oh, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing real good. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to say, I mean, I seen the fight. Um, the large highlights. I seen the fight or whatnot. Um, again, you know, and and I'm looking at you know the, the you know the, the Dante's boxing nations and the blood boxing and, and the different forms I follow uh, for non boxing. And it's you know you have so many people like uh, oh man Wilder's gonna knock out Anthony Joshua oh man Anthony Joshua is the worst uh, he's I it was even people talking about that Klitschko the person he knocked out and beat is a you know and I'm and I'm just like wow you know because I, I guess boxing is a thing where you only as good as your last victory and you know people are now oh, yeah. flipping. And it's so hypocritical because I feel like, again, I'm, I'm a Deontay Wilder fight. I went and bought a ticket and went and watched him fight at the Barclays. And I had watched him coming up. But I, I still think that he has to improve on his fundamentals. You know, like I said, he, he does have a good jab. He does have a strong right hand. But the things that he does, you know, um, as far as, you know, when he gets off balance or he gets caught, in no man's land where he's not all the way in, not all the way out, he he makes a lot of mistakes. And to me, he kind of reminds me of a of a George Foreman before he fought Ali, you know, where, you know, George Foreman had the good power, the real good power in both hands, um, a good jab. But, you know, when he met somebody that was able to, to box and to just, you know, outthink him, he, he ran out of, he you know he ran out of guess he ran out of tricks and I feel like that's that's what Deontay Wilder kind of setting himself up for because like I said he can't go into a fight and win rounds boxing you know like whether it be you know Gerald Washington or the Ortiz fight I was at the Ortiz fight people people was booing the fight and he was losing boxing and you know he was getting off balance and getting caught you know in no man's land with his chin up in the air and I'm saying that that. Not that um, Joshua don't have weaknesses, but somebody that uses the jab, uh, somebody that paces themselves, somebody that judges distance, somebody that um, relies more on boxing, they're going to have the edge in the fight. Uh, you know, like I said, he, if he can hit Joshua, yeah, he can knock him out with a uh, with a one with a right hand. He even has a strong enough right hand to hurt Joshua, but he's going to have to go in there. And win rounds. You're going to have to go in there and depend on your boxing to be able to 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 uh, take away, you know, to be able to counter shots, to be able to set stuff up. And to me, his a team is not really working on that with him. I mean, he he has improved on using the jab. He has improved on his you know on judging distance. But you know when when he's you know he's kind of to me starts to lose his concentration, and then he he would throw a right hand and then duck way low. And then try to come back up and hit you with the side of the glove, and I'm like, see, you, 
you're going to have to build up your fundamentals against a fighter, a, a Joshua's caliber, when he's so fundamentally sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's had two, his last two fights have been just boxing clinics where, you know, they just been boxing and the person really, they weren't really like a, a knockout type of fights like that where the person just boxed and used movement. But to me, somebody that's going 12 rounds and getting that boxing experience, that to me, tails over time when you get in the bigger fight, you know. So that's all I wanted to say. I just, you know, I, I know that you're only good as your last fight in the boxing community, but I mean, don't don't set the man wilder up where, you know, you thinking power is going to bail you out of every situation or that you don't have to, you know, really have a feeling where you go in there and win rounds with boxing, with, with uh, uh, let's say, effective aggression, with uh, ring generalship. With defense, you know you have to you have to win rounds like that. You can't go in there and just expect to get every person out. You know, what I'm saying he's gonna set himself up for failure. So that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I hear you, man. Um, Deontay Wilder is uh, susceptible to traps, um, as you mentioned for uh, uh, about the Ortiz fight. <clears throat> uh, Ortiz had the ring IQ of when he showed any signs of of, of being hurt off of a punch. Deontay Wilder's rushing in and trying to land that heavy right hand. And Ortiz, I believe, I can't remember exactly which round it was, but he fainted, played in possum, that he was hurt. And he seen Wilder rush in as he did uh, twice before in the fight. And he set him up with a counterpunch right to that. And Wilder was kind of offset, like, oh, shit, I thought this guy was hurt. But he just fucking set a trap for me. So um, Wilder and, and, and he missed the straight. If you look at the fight, he missed the left. Like Wilder, I think Wilder had rushed in, and Ortiz went yeah. through a. Um, it was like a straight right or something. He just barely missed Wilder, and Wilder was wide open, hands all flailed. And I'm saying he, he, yep. you know, you you have to you have to understand that when it comes down to to boxing, like I said, and, and people keep saying that about Joshua don't move his head, but if you look at the Klitschko fight, that was the that was how he was able to kind of, you know, he kind of, when he was hurt, he can, he can punches, you know, he can slip punches and he can, he can move, slip punches and he can kind of duck punches. He has that basic ability to do that. And that's what I'm saying. They have to, they, to me, he need to work in the gym of kind of slowing down and kind of just working on his fundamentals. Cause that, that, you, that's going to catch up to you. When you doing, you know, the getting caught off, you know, especially as a, as a person that's six, seven, and you get caught where you're not all the way in and you're not all the way out and you just get caught and you're trying to throw it, you, you, that's that's easy to knock a person out. You know what I'm saying? So, Yeah, yeah, no no doubt, man. It's, um, it, 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 it gives for reason to believe why um, the Joshua fans are confident in their reasons of why this would be an easy fight and why Deontay Wilder needs to, you know, um, basically play along with the power moves that Anthony Joshua is pulling along because, it, you know, you could just say, look at the books, look at the numbers, man. Um, it, it is what it is. But there is still, um, if Deontay Wilder was able to get a more credible trainer and work on a lot of things that he needs to work on, he'll definitely be a, um, uh, when it comes to skill-wise, have a better advantage than what he, you know, has initially, which is that power punch that can change a fight, that can offset anybody at any given time. Um I don't think that's going to happen. You know, he seems real comfortable with where he's at right now. Uh, things are working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. He hasn't been knocked out or dropped or anything like that. So he's just racking up the dubs um, until, you know, a certain situation comes to play, what we like to call it going to that dark place. 
that Luis Ortiz took him to that dark place in that sixth or seventh round, what it was, the seventh round. Um, and, yeah, he, he went there, but he came out, um, fortunately enough, had a flashlight to make it out from the dark tunnel. Uh, Deontay Wilder has his own issues as well. Um, you know, Anthony Joshua, as you mentioned, taking the steel hammers of Vladimir Klitschko um, and almost got himself taken out as well. Um, now, was that a broken before Vladimir Klitschko, 40 years of age and whatnot? Sure. But Vladimir Klitschko is a guy who has always been a consummate profession when it comes to keeping himself at tip-top shape, physique, always on point for that man and uh, never having any sort of issues outside the ring. You know what I mean? He probably has um, an extra scoop of ice cream when he wants to be a bad boy. You know what I'm saying? So um, you take it for whatever it is, but you are correct, caller. We are um, not only in boxing and not only in sports, but everything in general with the public perspective, we are in the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. And what has Deontay Wilder done lately? He put on a hell of a performance against a dark horse of the heavyweight division being Luis King Kong Ortiz and had a whole lot of oohs and ahs and world star clips, my mixtapes, all that stuff where he put out a hell of a knockout performance. And what has Anthony Joshua done for us lately? Well, yesterday he put on a lackluster performance against a guy like Joseph Parker and didn't uh, exceed expectations to what people thought of. So, I mean, everywhere I'm looking, as you mentioned, uh, follow Dante's boxing, um, uh, my folks over at the Boxing Voice and all that good stuff. And I, I, I just look and see what people are saying, uh, getting the public perspective of it all. And I can tell you what, man, previous to yesterday's fight, there was a lot more Anthony Joshua comments about who's going to win that fight compared to what I seen post-fight yesterday. It seems like everybody's jumping on the Deontay Wilder bandwagon now. And uh, the funny thing about that was is nobody was on the was on the Deontay Wilder bandwagon because they're like, who has he fought? What's he done? Um, you know what I mean? And, you know, they always like to bring up that clip of the, the fat guy who, who stunned Deontay Wilder back in, like, his early days of his first ten fights, first five fights or whatever it was. But you don't see none of that stuff now. Uh, people have a, a, I mean, a, a short attention span. And not only that, as far as going back, doing research and stuff like that, fans just want to see what they, what they, what they get as of recent. And that's not going to change anybody's perspective of anything. Uh, everybody's in the keep it moving. What have you done for me lately business? And that's just what it is. But uh, let's, let's switch it to the next topic. Um, well, I know a big fight that I was hoping to be at because of, uh, you know, I had multiple reasons of why I wanted to be at this fight. Um, and uh, meet up with some folks that I had and all that stuff out there. Um, <laughs> Shout out Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Gennadyevich Golovkin. Two, the rematch <clears throat> looks like it's in a lot more jeopardy than we previously thought. I guarantee you all of us on this panelist list right now were of the same mindset. Uh, he got popped with the plan bureau, but he's still going he's still going to fight. He's still going to fight. The fight's still going to happen. Uh, the Nevada Athletic State Commission had pushed the mandate back of when they will give out the punishment for Canelo Alvarez testing, not once, but twice for Clint Butero. Uh Pushed the date back to April 18th of this month, which I said before is three weeks away from Cinco de Mayo. That's uh, too close for comfort. 
they're already talking about, you know, Gennady Golovkin facing, I can't remember who who right now. It was a cab driver, but on Cinco de Mayo. Obviously, none of us really want to see that, but at the same time, still want to see a fight for Cinco de Mayo because it's just one of those days where boxing, that's a boxing date. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, look, I am all for, look, to be honest with you, completely honest with you all right now, I said I don't care about the fight, but I still wanted to see it just because I like to see Canelo get punched in the face at any time that I can see him get punched in the face. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like the Floyd syndrome. Well, I knew Floyd was going to win, but I don't care. I just want to see him get punched. You know what I mean? Same thing for Canelo Alvarez, except I know he can be, he can be vulnerable for getting knocked the fuck out by Gennady Golovkin. But, you know, whatever, whatever. Canelo Alvarez, not a fan, didn't care for the fight, still don't care for the fight, but I just want to see a fight. Uh, it's a little complex. But, I mean, hey, if the fight doesn't happen and Canelo gets a six-year, uh, or not six-year, six-month suspension, similar to um, uh, Lucas Brown, I believe, uh, getting popped for the same clan butyrol, I mean, they're even talking about uh, possible year suspension. I don't, I mean, I'm all for cleaning up the sport. I don't care if it's my favorite fighter who tested positive for anything or if it's the most hated fighter. I'm all down for a clean sport because, look, trust me when I say this, folks, and you could check up the archives of the show we came from before. I've never been high on Triple G. I always looked at him as a glorified B fighter who, you know, he's, he's got a hell of a chin, and he knocked out, you know, a lot of tomato cans before he ran into the big Danny Jacobs. So, you know, shoulder knockouts and shit like that from Dominic Wade. It is what it is. That's why whenever I be at the gym, let's say a year or two ago before the Jacobs fight, I'm like, man, I need to cut down to 160, bro, because, you know, Triple G's fighting all these bums. You know, maybe if I pick up the mic after the fight, that, you know, he'll give me a chance for a fight or something like that. I'm trying to pick up a payday. <laughs> you know, he's fighting all these cans anyway. Nobody wants to see Triple G lose more than me. But not like that. Not like that, man. I got morals. I don't want to see a guy get slept by a guy who's taking an enhancement that, you know, helps him keep his muscle mass in the running back figure that he has and pick up a win that way. So that's just me. Uh, Willen, we'll, we'll start off with you, and we'll take it around the, around the, the panelist poll right here. Hopefully call us in the 313 hangs out with us for a little bit because uh, I want to get his take on this one as well. Um, it's something that's been cooking up. And, I mean, I went on my tirade three weeks ago about Canelo Alvarez. I'm much more calm about the situation right now because I'm just basically on this whole situation right now, if I could describe how I feel about it or how I look about it, I'm sitting back on a lawn chair, sipping my pineapple juice, eating my tacos without clambuterol, and I got me, you know, a flag posted up, chilling in the sunshine, getting a nice tan. That's how I feel about it all. I'm not worried about this shit at all. Um, Willa, you said that you got a, you got plans to go to Cabo or something like that, so you weren't going to make it to the fight. Anyways, so if I wasn't going to be able to see you, um, probably wasn't going to be able to see Sime. You already know about that side piece out there. Remember when I showed you the picture? That's the only reason I really was planning on going out there in a the fight. But Willa... 
<laughs> Your boy Canelo looks like he gonna have to face the music, and the music being the blues, because rules is rules, like I mentioned before, Willa, and it don't matter if you're a privileged um, Dennis the Menace looking redhead freckle Canelo Alvarez. You got to follow the rules, and I think that it sets a really good standard for everybody else out there because, oh, shit, if they get Canelo suspended for this shit, we, they ain't cutting us no leniency. Just like if, you know, they locked up uh, Martha Stewart. If they locking up cookbook bitches, white women, shit, you better be on top of your game. How are you feeling about this whole situation, really? Because I think it's not going to happen. Oh, man, it's definitely not looking good so far. Um, you know, hey, it is what it is, man. Like you said, rules are rules. I'm not here to uh, want to see any guy get the special treatment. It's like anything, you know. You do it and you try it. You, if you get past it, hey, whatever. But if you get caught, you just got to face the music. So we'll see how it goes. Um, this will just push it back to the – to probably, you know, later in the year. Uh, the Mexican was in September, some September 15th or 13th or whatever it is with Mexican Independence Day, I believe. So uh, we'll still see the yeah. fight. It's just going to be pushed back. And uh, it's not going to be pool parties going on that weekend. But getting it pushed back might mean I can be able to be there. So, you know, we'll just take that as a blessing. Uh, Canelo needs to get his shit together. Uh, you know, or he just needs to retire like Floyd did, and then we'll forget about it, come back in about a year. <laughs> yeah, uh, in your opinion, Willard, does this tarnish, um, you know, the, the legacy of Canelo? Because you've got to, I mean, you know, I talk, I take my shots at Canelo, but um, at the same time, the kid, you know, he's been a pro since he was 16 years old and only took him five years in boxing to reach the point of the pinnacle of getting the Mayweather, the Mayweather sweepstakes fight. Um, and he's, he's, he's learned a lot. And, um, you know, he's looked good at times. Like I said, um, you know, we all know that he has a, a, a low gas tank, you know what I mean? But um, especially in the fight with Triple G, he was the more skillful fighter and that was uh, pretty obvious. But with all in all, you know, the kids that, a lot of dubs racked up, and he's beat some um, legendary fighters. Like, you know, um, his victory over Miguel Cotto was, uh, you know, a real special moment for him. They all got teary-eyed and all that shit, and you know, Cotto gave him, gave him that hug. Yeah, that's me. That's me and a, a lot of Canelo's accolades, and a lot of the uh, the Canelo compadres uh, out there. But do you think this tarnishes his his uh, career as moving forward? Oh, he knocked that guy out because, you know, he's doing that type of shit. Do you think it uh, puts a, a big black eye on Canelo or just a little scratch? Uh, just a little scratch. You know, it's 2018. When you think about guys, it's a lot of guys that are, that uh, that have been popped. You know, you're, you famously – did an interview with one when he uh, talked to you into believing that he he was coming back again, uh, and his 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 legacy isn't as tarnished <laughs> as we would think. So, it, you know, people are expecting it. 
it's a shame, you know. If <clears throat> this will this will tarnish Canelo's legacy with me. Um I don't really, you know, I say I don't really care Whoa. about that, but if you get caught, you know, that's sort of cheating and you can't really you can't really come back from that. And this ain't baseball. So, you know, if you're knocking guys out and and somebody can always hit you if you're a Canelo fan, now they can always hit you with, hey, your guy's on on roids. You know, and he got caught. You know, Pacquiao, Floyd, Floyd almost got caught, but he retired. But like Pacquiao, these guys, you know, they never they never got caught, so we can only we can only we know, but they never got caught. You know, Canelo, he might have got caught. That's not good. But then Marquez get caught. I mean, a lot of people ain't got caught, so it's not really tarnishing it. And I'll probably forget about it in a couple of months. At the fight, I'll probably be back on the bandwagon. So, you know, just to keep it real. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, do we still have D here with us? Like I said, we'll go around and take, get everybody's take on this one. D from the 843, you still with us, my man? Oh, yeah. I'm still here. What's up, man? Uh, yep. uh, we're talking about this whole deal with Canelo's date with the Cinco de Mayo with Triple G possibly mm-hmm. being at stake. I know you're a, a, a Gennady Golovkin fan, and you don't have love for Canelo just like I don't. But to keep it real, be real, this whole situation right here, the mandate of the suspension or possible suspension going to be uh, – right. Pushed for punishment on the 18th of this month. That's only three weeks away from Cinco de Mayo, man. Looks like this fight's in real jeopardy. Do you still see any way that Oscar could, you know, possibly pass some briefcases out? It don't look like the commission is accepting them, but it's still possible. Do you think that this fight is going to actually happen still, or are they going to have to no. figure another route for, for, for May 5th? Nope. Uh, I think that's a wrap right there. Uh, what has to be done you know, will be done because uh, it has to be done, man. Uh, this dude cheated. I don't believe the whole fucking uh, meat shit. There ain't no damn way his family members are butchers and all that other good stuff. No way that happened. He probably was on it in the first fight. Who knows? He might have been on it with Dakota all the way back to Dakota even before Dakota. Uh, who knows? Uh, I'm glad uh, he's done fucked up his career which is kind of sad, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, nah, Delahoy can't do shit about this right here, I don't think. Uh, it's damage control. It's beyond his uh, capabilities to try to uh, cover up at this point. And, uh, yeah, everybody know he lost the first fight. Well, just about everybody. Uh, so, yeah, I'm happy. Uh, disappointed because... Now, where does uh, Golovkin go now? Uh, Billy Saunders has yapped off at the mouth for the past year and a half. Uh, Now, all of a sudden, he's injured or something. They said he won't be able to be ready until uh, June, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, Yeah, that dude's a clown. So, uh, the fight I'd love, truly love. Uh, I'd go to it again. Is him and Jacobs? That fight can be made. Oh man, I doubt if they'll do that though. Uh, I doubt if they'll do that. Jacobs is a fight that he's scared of him. 
Triple G ain't scared of him, but that'd be a fight I'd say uh, save to the end of the, towards the end, end. You know, but I'd like to see it next. That's how I'd like personally as a fan. You know, uh, they yelled out some name I seen on boxing scene. A dude I never even heard of. He's some young gun. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, they say Huh? Uh, the name, I, I believe he's Sulichick, the guy he's fighting next. <clears throat> okay. Uh, okay. Well, no, 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 no. I'm talking about uh, uh, the opponent for Triple G uh, when this uh, cancellation oh, yeah. comes out here shortly. Oh, yeah. I've seen the opponent also, man. I mean, it was a, a, basically a bus driver. Nothing to get hyped up about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least we'll get a fight. You know what I'm saying? You know, my other option would be uh, a Charlo. Why can't that get made? So it's like, I'm a fan of Triple G, but I don't, I don't want to see him against a nobody, you know, in his next fight. That ain't supposed to happen. I understand, uh, you know, you preparing for this one style, then you got to, but you Triple G, you know, you Triple G, uh, you should be able to adapt and uh, accept whoever they, whoever you know, the right fight, the right fighter. You should uh, pull him for that right there. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad uh, the cheater got caught. Uh, he's exposed, and uh, it's gonna be real hard to bounce back from that right there. Of course, his diehard fans. It's crazy how many fans are still standing behind this dude. That should. <laughs> it's it's mind boggling to me. How many fans are still behind? I forget his name there. In our chat, TG chat there. He's a strong supporter. Uh, and back and forth, you know, he's giving out every scenario what it could be. I, I believe you're restaurants. About, uh, he, he said, "You're kind of breaking up a little bit with us, my man." Uh, on the way. If you got some tinfoil around you or something messing up your connection, but you're kind of cutting out a little bit. But um, no, um, I feel you 100%. Um, like I said, um, not happy that this happened because you know we still wanted uh, to to get some clarification at the end of the day of this fight. But I'm happy that anybody who's in, doing any wrong going in the sport has to face the consequences, and that's what it is for Canelo. Um, uh, it sounds to me like you're already saying that this guy's career is going to be tarnished, which I also believe because, you know, if he's knocking out dudes like he does, let's say he, he puts some dude out his next fight, whether it be Triple G or not. Um, you know, like James Kirkland. Eyebrows are going to be raised, man, because of what this man got caught for, allegedly right now, allegedly. We're going we're gonna to find out, but, you know, the writing's on the wall and the jig is up. So, um, but hold on with it, Janelle. Uh, I mean, uh, D, we're gonna uh, we're gonna swing it around here and bring it back to uh, another guy who's been under the same suspicion. Uh, but uh, JP, you still with us, my man? Uh, let's uh, get your take on this whole. Uh, I know we discussed uh, the clambuterol and everything that's been going on with Canelo uh, developing in the last few weeks, but date being pushed back five or. Uh, uh, three weeks away from Cinco de Mayo, doesn't look like this fight. I mean, it still can happen because we've seen 
uh, fighters still get in the ring after being caught with uh, higher levels of clambuterol in Canelo, but it wasn't on a fight of this magnitude, um, especially this date and pay-per-view, all that good stuff in between. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole situation going on with the Canelo Triple G2 possible relationship? Uh, I think you touched on an interesting nuance, and I think that's what we are kind of discussing is like the tarnish part. So, tar- so let's let's hypothetically say, and I'm on the side of totally in favor and believe that the fight is 100% going to happen, but the implication that he could be possibly dirty. So, let me ask you a, maybe two questions here. Should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame? Um, Do you care that Manny Pacquiao got knocked down face first in the third Juan Juan Manuel Marquez fight? So those are two things, people, you have to consider. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you one of those people like myself who say Barry is is the greatest baseball player who's ever lived, well then you gotta I say to that. I don't. Well then you can't say shit about Canelo. I mean you you can't have both stances. You know what I mean? You can't and then you can't be like, yep, Juan Marquez got him. Now you could say neither of these do tested positive, allegedly. You could stand on that soapbox but then that would just be a soapbox to stand on. But so my my thing is, R.C., if you if you in agreement with me saying Barry is the greatest baseball player of all time, then you can't hold Canelo to something and say, well, if he knocks him out, I'm not going to – I'm going to say it's not legit. My personal thing is we don't give a fuck. I don't think none, none of us give a fuck about anything. And most importantly, does Triple G care? Only person that should be in question to whether this fight should happen or not is Gennady Golovkin. If Gennady say, let's roll, then fuck it. Nigga, if you get, if he kill you, it was, it was legit. You know, and partially because um, I think they all do shit, so that's one reason why. But here's why this thing is even under investigation. It's so that there's no question behind it, and so that they can make it a legal uh, action that went into play. And that when it comes back and they say, oh, Canelo, this shit was inconclusive and we found a B sample that was blah, 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 due to blah, 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 uh, they can legitimately say it was bullshit and the fight will proceed. It's too much money online. Gennady ain't never said he don't want to go through with it. And it's going to happen, man. It's just so they can make it legit. It's, it's actually, if you think about it in some way, if they was willing to go this hard, it's great publicity. You know, we was, uh, you know, this thing is going to shift right back off of AJ, right back to this. We had, uh, what was it, Wilder before, man, this thing is going to steal the show. So this is going to be business as usual at the end of the day. And I just want, you know, like I said, if those out there, if, if you feel like that Marquez knockout was legit, or if you like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, but you can't say shit about Canelo Alvarez. That's, uh, I, I mean, good points. I mean, I'm with you on all that. Uh, you know, I just look at the whole different, the entirety of the sports being a different, um, different take on it all. And one would say that Juan Manuel Marquez 
flattened Manny Pacquiao with, I mean, acne all over his chest and back. But they would say that he evened out the playing field, if you know what I'm talking about. So um, it's always give or take and having different perspectives on on each situation, especially in boxing. That's no different. Um, Everybody has an agenda depending on um, what they see in the mirror. And boxing is really based on heavily on the, the, the business aspect based on that alone and fan bases that, you know, spark up discussions like we do or, or whatever, whatever. So, um, and like I said, um, you know, it's all tongue in cheek as far as the, the jokes and the laughs about Canelo. But at the end of the day, this guy's the face of boxing. I don't want to see the face of boxing take a black eye like this because he's supposed to be the guy that, in a sense, leads the locker room for the rest of the guys out there. And by this kind of example of displays or anything like that, it, it doesn't look good in the sport, but, I mean, it is what it is at the end of the day. Um, the fight, as you mentioned, if it still happens, this is great publicity. They needed something like this because the first fight, you know, um, it's rare that you get a fight where there's two good guys not speaking much um, negativity or anything like that um, and have a great outcome like you had with Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. There's no trash talk or anything like that. And, I mean, both personalities, it seemed like it was, um, you know, business as usual. You had Canelo and Triple G playing rock'em, sock'em robots and shit together. Um, promotional with Max Kellerman. How boring is that? They need something like this. Because at the same time, um, hardcore boxing fans and casual boxing fans, whatever, whatever, promotional buildup to that fight that we had in September, it was boring. You don't have nothing that was incisive about it. That was the real boxer's fight in the month of September. But at the same time, you have Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor roasting each other um, for four, four field trips. And that got a lot of people's attention instead of, you know, Canelo and Triple G playing rock'em, sock'em robots and having a boring buildup. So this is something that is a huge buildup. You got a lot of people talking about it. Um, a, a big, big, uh, platform or where this is getting a lot of love and brings a lot of uh, outside views to this is how Max Kellerman works for first take. And uh, they discuss boxing a lot on there. And for them to have, um, I-, I guarantee you a lot of people who had no idea about Canelo Alvarez, who now know about Canelo Alvarez, definitely know about what clambuterol is. But at the same time, like I said, it's all tongue-in-cheek of all the stuff I say about Canelo, but this is something that I really um, – I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I cannot stand for this, you know what I mean, because um, that's just taking it out of both ways. But I'm just saying I didn't want to see this happen, and at the same time I want to see Gennady Golovkin lose, but not like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, Willa, do we still have our caller from the 313? Let's get his perspective on this still. Three one three, caller. You still with us, my man? Oh yeah, I was still listening. Well, okay. What's going on, man? Um, this whole deal with Canelo Alvarez, um, you know, 
Will is a big fan of Canelo. He seems like he lost his puppy dog today. Um, and I'm not too big on this whole situation, uh, but I am all for rules being enforced. How are you feeling about this, Canelo Alvarez? Uh, mandate of a suspension or a possible suspension to be given at the date of three weeks out from May 5th. Do you still think that this fight is going to happen? And how was your whole thoughts on this all entirety of it, Tom? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you had to go with rules. It's the rules, you know. Um, so it's it's like I said, you know, when you're dealing with a, a fight of this mag- or a fight of this magnitude coming off the first fight. Now, again, I, I'm not the most familiar because people have been putting out information. I because some people have put out that he tested positive for uh, 600 picos, or I believe the level was. And then, like I said, I went on the computer, and they said that his two samples came in between 0.6 and 0.8 um, um, level as far as that's, can, you know, that's with the meat contamination. But like I said, it's, it's a thing where you know what it is with, with the attitudes towards perhaps performing enhancing drugs. You know what the attitudes is, and you know when you get caught with something like that, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a your whole Reputation gonna be called in the question. Your whole career gonna be called in question. So you had to really, at you know, especially at this time, you had to be careful what you do. So I mean, it, like I said, it's rules is the rules. I, I don't think when a when a person um, tests positive or they, or that something happens that your whole thing should be called in the question. I mean, I wish I can get take a steroid and get up into the ring and fight at that high of a level. You know what I'm saying? But it's not. That's not the case. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody going to take a a pig or any type of steroid and be able to get in there and fight on a world level and fighting. You know what I'm saying? So, but like I said, you had, you, had to, you had to enforce the rules. So when they do this investigation and the investigation come back to where he's being dishonest about the meat contamination or that even that, you know, maybe his dietitians or his camp should have been more careful and they feel like, well, we have to make this, you know, this ruling. Uh, then it, it, so be it. I personally think the fight gonna continue because I think it's just like with the water situation and um, and uh, Ortiz, where Ortiz was able to provide that uh, he had the blood pressure medication. You know what I'm saying? And they let it go on. But like I said, we we gonna see. You know, I, I, like I said, you had to enforce the rules the way they set up. But it's so much money on this fight, and there's so much stuff that it, it's gonna happen. It just might not happen on that day. But it's the fight gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? They they not gonna pass up on. Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars, how much money it's going to generate to not have a fight. It's going to happen. The fight going to happen. Yeah, for sure. With the, lot, with the amount of money and all this stuff that's being um, uh, expected to be made and all that stuff. I mean, if anything, like, and you want to you wanna, um, shit, even if you want to somehow get this fight to happen on single to mile still, or even if it happens on September 13th or 16th, whatever the date is for the Mexican Independence Day, um, expect a, a nice fine for Canelo that's going to be involved with um, the purses of this fight and all that stuff. And whatever that fine will be, um, you could put that in Triple G's pocket because, you know, for his, from his standpoint, he's done everything the right way and he's been a good boy as always. 
Um, so that 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 is something I would probably expect more than anything if the fight does continue to happen. That a nice little percentage of Canelo's purse will be put into Triple G's bank account. Um, but it's funny how a man comes around. It's like we put up the the PED sign, and the PED Batman comes out. Pacific Northwest, a man who's been very um, consistent when it comes to situations like this. And um, as I mentioned with the Marquez flattening Manny Pacquiao, the quote I had got, even playing field, came from my man Seattle, Syme. But um, Syme, what's going on with you, my man? Happy Easter to you today, my guy. What's going on? What's going on, man? Um, happy Easter to you also. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I you know, that was my quote or whatever you want to call it um, at the time. You know, uh, and to me, you know, it's very clear. I mean, does anybody actually believe Manny Pacquiao was whooping on Marquez like that clean? He was beating up that big old strong Marquez, more muscular Marquez, clean? If you believe that, then if you believe that, yeah, well, well, yeah, if you believe that, you believe, you know, certain guys had skills at one time. So, you know, that's all I got to say. But, um, but yeah, you know, I'm not even going to talk about that. Who cares? That's the past. Uh, you know, justice was served, and that's all that needs to be said. And when it comes to this situation that's more relevant, um, I'm pretty, you know, I, I've only been listening for a little bit, uh, I heard a couple people, guys, say something about they think the fight's going to happen. Um, I disagree. I don't think the fight's going to happen. I think if it's going to happen... Not even at a later date? Next, yeah, later date. I'm saying it's not happening May 5th. And oh, okay. reason being is that they might try to do the whole Ortiz thing where, you know, they both take interim fights and then if everything goes clean the, the next time they fight. But... This it, the, And the reason being is because Nevada has been questioned a lot in the past, um, not just with Canelo, but, you know, a lot with Canelo also. And if they do a quote-unquote investigation and then they find that, oh, it was me or this and that, who's actually going to believe that? So then we're going to say all the questions we had before were probably true. Because if Nevada lets the fight happen now, then we're going to wonder, hey, did that have something to do with the decision the first time? 118-110, a draw scorecard. You know what I mean? Did they have something to do with, you know, Canelo and Floyd? One card coming up, you know, um, a draw. You know what I'm saying? So it's like then you're going to start – because going into the the first fight, me and a lot of people were saying – uh, Triple G is not going to win a decision in Vegas. We said that. Well, who runs Vegas Commission? You know, Nevada State. Nevada State Athletic Commission. They run all that. They run the fight. They they control the fight. So then it comes up a 118-110 scorecard and a draw. So it happened exactly the way we were going to – how we said it was going to happen. Then he pops dirty like a dumbass. Then they let the fight go through. Come on, dude. Everybody's going to be like, dude, Nevada's a joke. They, they, if they're smart enough, they'll do it for the credibility of them. Even though it's not like people are going to trust them moving forward 100%, but at least they're going to say, people are going to say, oh, at least they're willing to do this. But if they're w- willing to let the fight go again, 
after this, then people are just going to say, look, man, Nevada's a joke. Nevada's a joke. You know, uh, Golden Boy and Canelo are in their pockets. It was proven. You know, so I don't think they're willing to risk that because uh, Canelo's not the only fight or fighter that can fight in Vegas and put on events. There's going to be another star that gets developed, you know, and people might not want to mess with Vegas no more if they see this happen. They might just say, hey, man, we're going to mess with New York. We're going to mess with Texas. We're going to mess with California. We're not doing this with this commission. So I don't believe it's going to happen. There's already reports that um, other fighter got offered the fight and to step in for um, triple um, to fight Triple G, which is funny because, you know, a lot of guys came out and said they're willing to fight him, you know, Triple G on short notice. But then they got this guy uh, – ready to step in and offered the fight. I mean, why didn't you offer these other guys the fight? Why didn't you offer Andre? Why didn't you offer, you know, Jacobs? You could have, you know, you could have scrapped that card that Jacobs was on and have Jacobs do a rematch. But, I mean, I think we know what's going on here. I mean, you know, they if, tri- they, if, if Triple G gets beat, they want him to get beat by certain guys. They're not going to allow other guys to beat him if they have any control of it. Hmm. No, definitely. Um, I, I feel you on that. And um, they could easily, um, you know, with uh, Danny Jacobs having the, the double deal with HBO and, and Showtime, he could easily scrap that card that he's getting ready for right now. And he's in training camp and all that shit. And, yeah, that would be something that we all would want to see. No, he doesn't um, have an ex- – no, he has an exclusive deal with HBO now. He's with HBO and Eddie Hearn. So it's not, that, it's right. not a hard fight to make. Right, yeah, also, man, he's got the double deal. Like he can, it can be, it can, it can happen for sure. Like they could easily just give this guy that that Jacobs going up against a little step aside money, take care of this business, and still have a hell of a fight for a single mile. Like shit, I mean, boxing fans would not be mad at Jacobs uh, Golovkin too. So um, notice how I said Jacobs first and Golovkin second. Um, but yeah, I, I feel you on that, and I, I wish it could happen instead of getting a tune-up cab driver. But um, you know. Um, it is what it is. They're no, no, he's a good people. look. He's a, you know, he's a. No, don't get me wrong. He's a good young fighter, but you know, he could fight a little bit. But the thing is, it's not about that. It's about the fights. You know, he's not even a true middleweight. I mean, we want to see him against. We want to see Triple G against middleweights. Middle and then the middleweight at the right now middleweight division is one of uh, the best divisions right now. So, and I'm not just saying uh, Jacobs. I'm saying, like I said, Andre's willing to step in. Charlo, I'm pretty sure that situation. I mean, he don't even want to be on AB's card. You can grant him his wish. Go fight Triple G then, because you don't want to be on AB's cards no more. So you know what I mean? Hey, give him the Triple G fight. Let yeah. him get that fight. You know? So uh, I mean, you got uh, Darovachenko, who's a mandatory. Also, you have a lot of options. I mean, come on, man. What, I mean, what that tells me is if these guys are willing to fight you on short notice, why aren't you? You're the killer. You're the monster. You're the champion. You're the, the guy everybody says can't be beaten, you know, all this stuff, the boogeyman. So these guys are willing to fight you on short notice. Fight one of them, you know, but what that tells me is, like I said, they they don't want to take any chances of him getting beat before they do a Canelo fight again. They want Canelo to beat him. They want Canelo to beat him because he's younger and he's the bigger star then they can essentially do a passing of the torch type situation. So, I mean, come on. But um, 
but when it comes to the whole PED stuff, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, Canelo, you know, you need to you need to sit down for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, ESPN reported that you know there's a chance he might get a year suspension by Nevada and all that. So I mean, we'll see. It's all going to get played out, but uh, I, I I I don't see any way we see Canelo Triple G happen May 5th because number one, number this is another thing too. Okay, Canelo is a star. He's a he's the next star following Floyd. If you assume Floyd's never going to fight again, but he's not that big of a star. And the first fight wasn't that great. So what did they really lose? And if they decide, all right, we're just gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna do a great job of damage control right now. We're gonna put you to the side or whatever, or we're gonna just cancel it for no, for now, and then we're gonna do it in September. You know what I'm saying? They're not gonna lose that much. I mean, I I mean, I didn't. Besides the whole controversy of the first fight, which people thought Triple G won um, instead of Canelo, so they kind of want to see him win this time legitimately, I don't hear anybody saying, man, I can't wait for Triple G Canelo too, man. That fight was great. Stephen A. Smith was. I, oh, he's a clown. I mean, but, I mean, we all know what time it is with him. He's the same guy criticized football players all the time for smoking weed, but then turned around and said he don't care about uh, Canelo being on PEDs. He just wants to see the fight. Come on, we know what it is there. So uh, don't don't even bring him up. But um, and he needs to stop talking boxing, man, because he got too big of a platform. And we know most people have a herd mentality, so they're gonna listen to a guy like that. They think he knows what he's talking about, and people are just going to just fall under, uh, you know, fall in line to what he says, or you know, others that try to talk boxing, but it's obviously they don't. Yeah, no doubt. He's definitely brainwashing a lot of the public. And as I mentioned before, with him being teamed up with Max Kellerman, whenever boxing is in the news, like this clambuterol deal, that's being brought to light on a show that has a, a big fucking – I mean, ESPN is huge. And uh, the viewership that they get, I uh, guarantee you there's a lot of people who may, maybe they don't catch it live, but they still catch it on the DVR, which still counts for rating numbers and all that good stuff. Um but, yeah, definitely a clown and all that. And um, the, the whole PED talking all this about Canelo Alvarez is only growing um, from a popular standpoint of people's getting their um, – basically getting the discussion out there of all this stuff. Um, but um, that was what we're talking about right now. But what we started off talking about, if you care to talk about um, a guy who really didn't – Fight up to expectations yesterday from a lot of people's standpoint. Anthony Joshua against Joseph Parker. Were you uh, as hyped as, as a lot of people were and let down by the lackluster performance of Anthony Joshua yesterday? Or no? Basically, uh, I mean, does it change anything of what you thought about Anthony Joshua previously to that fight? Uh, not really. I wouldn't say it changed anything. Um, I, it's hard to say, man. I mean, kind of knew a lot of things about him anyway. I mean, look, the guy can fight. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not going to ever act like the guy can't fight and everything, but, you know, um, I do think that uh, he's another example of people believing in fighters more than they believe in themselves. And so, uh, you know, you know, Joshua, you know, he's, you know, he, he can punch a little bit. He's a big guy, but, I mean, he's not no killer like people think he is. I mean, if he was, why does every time somebody gets close to him, he holds him and pushes him around and wrestles him? Puts him in a headlock. You're not you're not really trying to fight like that. You want to fight on your terms. You don't really want to fight. You don't want to get no dog fight or nothing, you know. And um, he did a good he did a good, he did a good Klitschko impression at times yesterday. Uh, scorecards were 
eyebrow raising in a lot of ways. Um, watching the fight, I thought both um, didn't do anything really, but I do think they fought to the the fight that Polk, Parker wanted to fight. You know, um, I would have been happy with a draw. Both, I would have been happy with a draw, and then the announcer, you know, Buffer tells them, you know, both of y'all go back in the gym and learn how to fight and come back and maybe do it again or something or do something or show something against your next opponent. But, uh, I mean, some of the scorecards were, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think if Wilder wins, Wilder will win a decision against Joshua. He'll knock him out. But, you know, Wilder has got to think about, do I really want to go to the UK? Because not just the, um, the decision, but just the referee, I mean, is the referee going to be that involved in a potential Wilder Joshua fight? You know what I mean? Is he going to let Joshua get away with some of the things he was doing? So, uh, yeah, Wilder's got a lot to think about, you know. Um, you know, I like Eddie Hearn for the most part, but this whole thing he he tried to push recently with, uh, you know, him and Joshua saying, oh, you can't come in the ring. And then when Wilder made a change of plans, oh, he's not trying to make the fight, man. He's, he, you know, yeah, uh, he, he's not coming no more. He obviously doesn't want the fight. It's like, come on, dude, the guy's not going to come to the UK, uh, travel across, you know, go to a different country, uh, cover the fight for Sky Sports, and then after the fight where a guy is the clear favorite who's probably going to win, not be able to step in the ring and sell the fight. And it would be different if Wilder was a guy that didn't want people coming in the ring on him. But Fury came in the ring on him. He didn't care because he knew that could sell a fight potentially in the, in the, in the future. So then they they want to say, oh well, we didn't really mean that, and you know, and you know, switching up. It's like, come on, man, we know what was going on there. You guys didn't want him to come in the ring because that would put pressure on AJ to fight him next, not soon, next. And um, and you guys have other plans, you know. That you, sounds like you guys want to make an American debut, which makes sense. But just say that then. Just say, hey, we. We want to come to America and do a fight and then make the fight even bigger, hopefully, and stuff. But trying to sell this, you know, he, he didn't really want the fight and he should have came and all that. This is what y'all would have done. Y'all would have freaking had De- Deontay Wilder come to the U.K. You would have had Dillian White come. And Dillian White try to start some stuff with him talking about, I know you smoke crack. Why don't you fight me? Wilder, why don't you fight me? It's like, come on, man. We know what it is. You guys were going to push White on Wilder, and people take the attention off AJ for now, and AJ take a fight, and Wilder take a fight, and then you guys fight after. But come on, man. Wilder ain't got time for that. He can do his own thing, and that's what he did. So it is what it is. I mean, I I like the the idea of that all because that sounds like it's something exactly Eddie Hearn would do, Um, just point the finger to Dillian White, and he would come at him with that. Dante Wilder, I'm ready. That shit was so corny. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody want to see that fight. It's a waste of time. And if it did happen, would really hope that Deontay Wilder would give him that same uppercut that he gave Luis Ortiz, but at least um, not dealing white the fuck out like Debo did red on Friday. Uh, but yeah, that is what that is. I mean, um, I was I, I didn't come out of that fight thinking any um, any differently from Joshua that I thought previously before on on a big standpoint. Um, obviously, I thought he was going to get him out of there by a nine, like I said. Um, but, you know, 
AJ, uh, the AJ protectors, like I said, they um, will throw excuses out there like uh, Parker was um, he's very crafty and all these things, but when it was coming to previously of the fight, um, you know, he's going to get him out of there and do it and, and look like the superstar they all believe him to be will do in a certain situation in a fight with a guy like Joseph Parker because the size advantage was real apparent. Um, you know, Joshua looks like a monster when um, he's coming out on the scales. And, you know, Wayne, uh, one of his – Wayne in at 242 being probably the lightest he weighed since 2013, 2014, something like that. Um, you know, AJ is, uh, uh, you know – he, he, he's got all the looks, and, I mean, the, the whole package deal that goes along with um, Eddie Hearn and all this push that they have with the U.K. fan base and all that stuff. Um, I mean, my man takes about 20 minutes to come down the ring. It, um, his entrance was probably three entrances of uh, WWE's Undertaker, who walks at about, you know, less than one mile per hour. And uh, Anthony Joshua just... Um, it, it was really a spectacle yesterday, but um, if you think that this fight, I mean, if you had to say whether it's going to happen or not, most would believe that this fight is going to happen. Um, 2018 would be a question for sure, but, I mean, um, it sounds like they're real content on uh, the, 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 the backyard that they're making this money at right now. Do you think that this fight, when and if it happens, will be coming to America or – staying over in the UK, as they mentioned, uh, the O2 and all this other stuff that they have out there. Because, I mean, I'm sure pay-per-view will do great with that fight, but it would just be an unfortunate circumstance for us Americans to have to be getting hyped for such a big pay-per-view being Joshua Wilder at 2 in the afternoon. Um, if it does happen, you think it's going to be over there or over here, son? It's hard to say, man. It's fifty-fifty. I could see it happening here because over here they can sell pay-per-views for way more out here for whatever reason. Because we're just we're just more. I don't know what the actual reason is, but we we just spend more. We just spend more on pay-per-views. So, and but you can't do that with a two o'clock pay-per-view. So, um, you know. And then also, you know, he sells a lot of tickets, but a lot of his tickets are not really priced high. You know, you can do it in a smaller arena in America and just price like crazy, you know, which will make up that difference. And so, um, you know, I, I could see it happening either way, you know, either Vegas or, you know, in the U.K. But, um, you know, so it, it's really going to come down to, you know, dollars and cents and all that and, you know, what's negotiated and what's being offered and what network and all, and all that. So um, it, it's definitely going to be a it's, it's definitely going to be a pretty hard fight to negotiate, you know, Um with the location and things like that. I don't think the split's going to be that big of a deal because Wilder seems like he's pretty um, set on saying, basically, I'll take anything as long as you take, you know, the you know the same offer in a, in a rematch. But um, it's, it's really it's, – it just comes down to Eddie Hearn and AJ. I mean, they, you know, no matter what people think, they, they are calling the shots. I mean, whenever they want to decide on fighting – Wilder, that's when the fight's going to happen. So people just need to accept that. That's what happened. That's the way boxing works, you know, with the A side and B side. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it should be good, man. That's definitely a fight I want to be at. You know what I mean? Um, uh, it does seem like the Joshua fans are a little more hesitant now. They're not as sure. Before it was, I mean, Wilder has no skills. 
AJ's a gold medalist. Um, he beat Klitschko and all this. But now they're kind of like, I don't know, they're starting to wonder, you know, does AJ got it? Hey, look, I was mentioning before, and people thought I was crazy. I think Andre Ward could beat that dude, you know? I don't think Virgil Hunter was saying that for no reason. And I don't know if Andre Ward will ever come back, but, you know, I definitely think Andre Ward was somewhere, you know, in the Bay Area or something watching that fight yesterday. And probably him and Virgil Hunter had a back and forth saying, like, I told you. I told you, Dre, you could beat him. You know, so I don't know. be interesting to see if we start hearing about, you know, Andre Ward tweeting out talking about he's 215 pounds now. Yeah, that 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 is one thing you did mention about, and I, I I was one of those people who thought you were crazy, to be honest. When you talked about Andre Ward uh, beating Anthony Joshua, I might be pulling back on that a little bit now, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but uh, one last thing we want to cover up uh, before we uh, decide to wrap this one up. D. Willa, um, there was that one guy yesterday that, for whatever reason. When he got popped, Deontay Wilder didn't get the same sort of um, admiration and and um, basically cuddled up on like how Triple G's getting from a lot of the boxing media and fans or whatever for Canelo popping dirty. For whatever reason that is, I don't know. But yesterday, Alexander Povetkin was in a fight, and um, you know the guy that they called 2.0 uh, when he was doing his 2.0 thing. But um, nonetheless, had a pretty vicious knockout yesterday. Um, it, it was just one of those things, like, how the hell did that happen? Because, you know, my man just got stiffened up and basically left wide open um, for a huge left hand. And um, as we mentioned earlier, it was um, a world star type of material knockout to where – yeah, it had that wow factor to it. It was a, uh, it was pretty vicious. And um, when it happened, um, you know, gotta, you just, it just uh, it makes one believe like, hmm, that was pretty strong. He's got a lot of power. Oh yeah, he was doing that one thing, but uh, I don't know. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he's kind of, kind of, kind of clean now. But uh, nonetheless, man. Uh, the knockout in the fifth round yesterday against David Price was a wild knockout. And, um, you know, my man was almost, uh, I mean, he was, he was less leaking and he was just almost, um, uh, I don't know how, I, I would like to know how um, responsive he was, how coherent he was, because when he got stiffened by that right hand, you know, basically both of his hands were at his hips and you have, a power puncher like Alexander basically getting a free shot on you. And, um, I mean, hell of a knockout yesterday. Um, very, very vicious yesterday. And I, I felt bad for David Price, but um, um, we all like to see knockouts like that. So um, did you see what I'm talking about yesterday? And uh, what do you think about Povetkin? Because that's an, also a possible uh, next fight for Anthony Joshua. They could go. Uh, they could go steal some money from the Russians. You know, put another twenty mil in Joshua's account, um, and not necessarily have to take Deontay Wilder next. So Alexander Povetkin is a name that we could uh, be on the lookout for when it comes to 
who Team AJ is going to be going at uh, coming up next. So I think that knockout was really uh, significant yesterday for what Alexander Pavekin's got moving forward. But did you see that fight yesterday? Quick work in five rounds, man. Oh, uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I got to check it out. Um, it was all right fight. They were going back and forth. But, uh, yeah, Pavekin hit him with that shot at the top of the dome, just – Got that boy just numb and slept him. It was crazy. Uh, you know, this is a guy I believe Beckham has been popped, so this is another guy who hasn't been tarnished by uh, failing the drug test, I believe. So, you know, it was a good little fight, little bum, little bum off. Uh, nothing exciting except the knockout. Nothing to look forward to. Uh, Joshua probably knocks that guy out. Joshua, he fights that. That would be another little guy he's trying to fight. If he does that, that's ridiculous. But, you know, it was all right. Excellent knockout. All right fight. They were going back and forth for a little bit. But, yeah, you hit him with the top, in the top of the head with that right, and that was it. Oh, man. Yeah, money was uh, it was pretty jacked up yesterday. Um, it was just one of those things, man, one of those deals. Um, it's just um, – kind of how we talked about tarnish and all that stuff about eyebrows being raised towards the end of fights and all that good shit. But, um, nonetheless, it was a, a, a vicious fight, man. Um, you know, um, but, uh, you know, we're gonna, um, we, we're getting ready to wrap this one up here, folks. I mean, it is Easter Sunday and, um, it seems like the last two weeks we always got some shit going, but, um, well, if it's cool with you, um, we can uh, do an emergency podcast coming up, whether tomorrow or whatever, whatever, because there's a lot of shit going on in boxing right now. Um, we barely touched on Triple G's uh, possible next opponent. Um, we still have to talk about Keith Thurman's hand injury that is postponing his fight that he initially had scheduled against who knows who. So, um, you know, the main man in the welterweight division is uh, being held back yet again. Uh, due to another injury, um, it, it, it's uh, uh, Lara Heard coming up next this next weekend. Um, we got a lot of stuff to cover, so um, I, I, I know uh, being the day of significance that it is, we'll, we'll have to cut the show short. But um, shit, I mean, whenever you're free, uh, let me know what day works for you best in the week, and we'll because, um, like I said, we got a whole lot of other shit to talk about with with everything going on, Willis. So uh, I don't. You, you you let me know whenever you got some free time on your hands, you know? We'll do, man. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out for sure. We'll figure something out for sure. But um yeah, nonetheless, man, um great show today. Um uh great stuff from uh JP D from the eight four three um caller from the three one three watch. I forgot to get his name, but hopefully he rocks with us next week and uh uh, keep him around because the great perspective uh, from his standpoint. Um, and hopefully we'll get to AJ protector, Janelle Parkinson, who um, he heard the boogeyman Deontay Wilder's name. And like Anthony Joshua, he didn't want to hear that. He wanted to change the subject and in and, and Janelle's situation, he wanted to change his phone company. So um, we'll hopefully get to him. Uh, um, out of here. I hear that OTG has new ownership. So that's going to be something interesting to see how that develops because, 
you know, I don't believe in zombies, but looks like we might have a zombie podcast on our hands uh, when it comes to what I've been hearing and what wave's been coming out of that. So um, we might have a little rivalry that we had back in the day when it comes to Nino and Patty and RC and Willis. So that would be fun. I like the sound of that because, um, you know, I, I was under the impression that Nino Chelik was, you know, still in his basement uh, looking at all his photographs of Vladimir Klitschko like Stan used to do for Eminem and Patty Cronin being at his his laptop with the coconut oil, I believe, and watching a whole lot of Carl Frampton highlights. Um, so it's good to see these guys uh, possibly making a, a comeback and, uh, you know, digging the flag from out under the ashes that was covered up from a burned-down building. So that's also something I want to look forward to, and I know a lot of the people um, that rock with us um, like to hear the colorful character of Patty Cronin's foolishness and the robotic format of a show that Nino Chelik likes to run over there. So we'll see how that goes. We might have to crash the party like NWO did or, or DX did to the WCW. We'll see how that goes. But um, nonetheless, man, we got to wrap it up. Like I said, thank you to everybody who called out over here. Uh, Willa, what you got planned for the rest of your day, my man? Oh, man, just uh, just going to be chilling. Nothing too, nothing major today, man. Going to make some spaghetti, eat with the fam. And that's it. Chill. Chill and lean, sir. Chill and lean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You uh, you on your little van? That's right. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Well, I hope you feel better, man. Two things ain't no, you know. I know a big guy like you shouldn't be too injured by you know just a little toothache, but I, I guess you know they could be real painful at, at, at times. Um, uh, yeah. But no, no. I'm about to go to uh, my folks' house right now, uh, barbecue with the fam. Um, take a half a shot and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, everybody out there. Hey, so we can't do a show tomorrow, then. You'll probably be out for two days at least if you do half a shot. That might be taking it too much to, to the extreme. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We'll see if uh, if I, you know, I'll probably have uh, second thoughts if uh, we want to do this show tomorrow, and I might just have to put the shot, uh, the half a shot or quarter shot aside if I want to make it tomorrow. So um, that would be for the, the boxing listeners out there. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, hell, the, the dudes that join us today, uh, rock with us tomorrow because uh, that's most likely what we'll be doing um, tomorrow in the afternoon. Um, like I said, a whole lot of shit going on in boxing. But it is Easter, and we got to spend time with the family, man. So um, everybody that joined us, as I mentioned, I appreciate your call. Um, I appreciate the, the uh, opinions of all. And to everybody out there, um, whether you be in the States, whether you be um, across the pond, all that stuff, anybody rocking with us, um, uh, AJA protectors out there, don't take it too, don't take it too, don't be so sensitive and uh, take it so seriously. You know, um, the guy's still okay. He's not bad. But nonetheless, man, everybody out there, you guys have a, a blessed evening and all that good stuff. Um, 
take care of your loved ones and make sure the loved ones take care of you right back. And being right back will be the Outsiders Boston podcast. Hopefully tomorrow we can put up uh, another one and um, take care of everything else that we got going on in the busy sport of boxing. But um, speaking for myself, in the Central California, San Joaquin area, uh, D. Willard Wilson, Houston, Texas, uh, Seattle Sun. Everybody. Happy Easter, man. Much love to you all. Outside of the Boxing Podcast, we'll be back sooner rather than later. But as of now, we're out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.